Hi, and welcome to the Shoot from the Heart podcast with me, Diane Bell. If you want to write a script, make a movie, or quite simply live an abundant and creatively fulfilled life, you are in the right place. Each week, I'll share with you tips, techniques, and real-world information that will inspire and empower you on your path. Thank you so much for joining me. I am rooting for you all the way. Let's do this. Hello, beautiful and amazing filmmakers, screenwriters, and creative souls. This is episode 22 of the Shoot From Your Heart podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I'm doing great. The sun is shining. It feels like summer here today, and I love it. I don't know about you. I just love the sunshine and the warm weather, so I'm happy. Also, we have this new big backyard, and my kids are out playing, and I'm very, very grateful. I hope you are safe and well, and your loved ones are too, and that everything's going good for you. So last week, you might remember, we were talking about five dangerous habits that could block your success. I know dangerous, ooh, but they are dangerous. And they're things that you might not be aware that you're doing, that you're thinking, that you're being. <laughs> but when you become aware of it, you realize, oh, this really is a problem. This is blocking my success. And from that episode, I got a lot of feedback. It obviously hit home with a lot of people or people said, wrote to me and said, yes, I see this. I do this. This is me. How can I change? That was the, the overriding message that I got back. How do I change it? Now I've recognized that I do have this problem. I want to know how to change it. So that's going to be the focus of this week's podcast. We're going to be talking about how you can actually change your habits. Obviously, this is a big topic whole books about it are written, you know, so what we will cover in this little brief session, hopefully we'll get you on the track and give you some ideas and some tools to change your habits. But you may want to delve deeper into it. And I can give you some suggestions of books that I have read that I love that could help you with that. The first thing I want to say is if you have recognized that you have a habit that is holding you back, congratulations. Seriously, pat yourself on the back because recognizing it is the first step to changing it. So many of us are going through our lives on autopilot and we think our thoughts are us and we think our thoughts are describing reality. And I, we think our personality is somehow fixed. For instance, if we are kind of a perfectionist and lean that way, we just think, well, it's just who I am. <laughs> it's just who I am. I am a perfectionist. I can't change that. And when you start to recognize that actually you're not that, you are not. That is not your essential identity, any of it. Who you are is a limitless being, your source in a human form. You're not a perfectionist. You're not a judgmental person. You're not somebody who's a realist or a pragmatist or any of those things. These are just thoughts. These are just neural pathways. These are just patterns of thoughts that you've had in your life for a long time. And so when you start to recognize that and you go, oh, okay, I am distinct from that, then you realize really you can choose, you can create who you are from this day forward. It is within your power. It is within your control. Now, as I said, these things that we talk about last week, like perfectionism or doubting yourself or comparing yourself to other people, we often do think these are just part of us, but they are not. And when you recognize that they are habits, you will realize you can change your habits. And when you realize you can change your habits, you realize also you can change your life by doing that. So if you have ever tried to change a habit, though, and who hasn't? you will probably have discovered that it's not necessarily easy. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you just got to say, okay, 
I recognize that not going to the gym is not serving me. So from this day forward, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to drink eight glasses of water every day. I'm going to eat greens five times, five times a day. I was about to say five times a week. That would be pretty crummy. <laughs> five times a day. You know, and then you just did it. Wouldn't that be amazing? You just flick a switch and you do it. But for most of us, it's not quite like that. It's a little bit more difficult. It's a little trickier. And I think it's worth digging into this and understanding why change can be difficult, because I think that empowers you when you decide to make a change. Now, let's just look at an example of something which some of you might have experienced with. I certainly do, which is smoking. You know, you want to quit, right? Your, your logical brain is like, I don't want to do this. This costs me a lot of money. It's making me sick. It could potentially kill me. It's smelly. It's dirty. It's all the things. And yet, you know, after dinner, my God, all you want to do is light up a cigarette. And that's what you do. And when you decide you want to quit, you sort of go, okay, you list yourself all the reasons that you're going to do it. You know, you have masses of motivation for it. And yet maybe you manage a day or two without it. And then suddenly the desire or the habit is so strong and it's certainly stronger than your willpower. And of course you light up or maybe it even lasts for a couple of weeks, but then you find yourself at a party or with an old friend and before you know you're lighting up a cigarette. If you've ever been a smoker, you will have experienced what I'm talking about if you've managed to quit. But even if you've not been a smoker, I'm sure there's something that you could relate to. Like maybe you have the habit of lazing around on the couch after dinner and you decide you want to go for a, a walk. Instead of like lying on the couch and watching TV, you're going to go for a walk. Or you want to stop drinking soft drinks. You want to kick your Diet Coke habit or your coffee habit and switch to something healthier. And most of us will have experienced this thing that when we want, you know, we want to change, we know why we want to change. We've got great motivation. We've like, are, we're, you know, really rah-rah about it. We're excited to make the change. And yet, despite all that, within a week, we're back to our old ways. So if you have experienced this and you've ever wondered, why is it so hard to change? Why is this? Like, we want to do it. What is going on here? And it's not just, oh, cigarettes are physically addictive. That's not it at all. Because as we say, as we can see, it's not just about something that's a physical, uh, it's something physical that we consume. It's not just about that. It's about behaviors. It's habits. So why is it so hard to change? The simple answer is it's your brain. It's your brain and the way your brain is designed. So your amazing brain, and let's be clear, your brain is probably the most amazing thing on planet Earth, in my opinion. But it's designed to value efficiency above everything else. This is what research has shown recently. And it's very interesting to know this. So what that means is that your brain doesn't like new things. Because dealing with new things requires more energy and it wants to run on as little energy as possible. So basically your brain has all its little programs, all its little neural pathways, and it just goes, okay, after dinner, light up a cigarette. That's what we do. That's the routine and that's like a little groove in your brain. And when you try to upset that little groove, it doesn't want to do it. It's like, hold on, we always have a cigarette after dinner. That's what we're doing. Now remember, it's always worth remembering, that only 5% of your brain is your thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that's thinking right now, that's listening to this, that's going, oh, I'm not sure about what she's saying. The conscious brain that makes plans, that decides a new habit would be preferable, that thinks the thoughts that you're aware of. So that means that 95% of your brain is actually subconscious. 
It's incredible, isn't it? 95%. So your subconscious brain is going to win any fight. <laughs> okay, 5% against 95, subconscious is going to win. And the subconscious is mostly being programmed before you were seven years old. It is very concerned with survival. The aim of your subconscious mind is to keep you alive. It's not to let you thrive. It's not to let you achieve your dreams. It's not to live your best life. To be honest, the subconscious brain, as I understand it, doesn't really have sort of this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's just like this allows me to survive. We've done this before. This works. I'm comfortable here. So we'll keep doing it. Thus, smoking, for instance, which is actually bad for you, once you've established the habit of smoking, your subconscious brain is like, this is what we do. This is part of our survival. This is what we are going to continue to do, even though actually it's not good for your survival. So whatever it has done and done repetitively in the past, your brain has locked into as something that it must keep doing in order to keep you alive. And it will not like being upset and being redirected into new things because obviously that also requires more energy. And as we said before, your brain wants to be efficient above everything else. It does not want to use more energy. So if you imagine your brain is like a computer, it's like when you're a child, you have the operating software installed into your subconscious. Okay, so say it's like the Mac OS 10, right? Mac OS 10 is your operating software. That's what you get <laughs> when you're a kid. And that is like, you tinker with it, maybe you get, you know, 10.2, you know, maybe version 10.3 at some point as you're growing up and you're starting to bring in new patterns and new ideas about what is good for you and what your behavior will be. But it doesn't like a big overhaul. It just doesn't like it. It takes a lot of energy to erase the old operating system and put in a new one. But let's be clear, when you really want to tackle some deep-rooted mental habits, like, for instance, the habit of judging, right? If you have the habit of judging, you're constantly judging other people. You're constantly judging yourself. You're constantly measuring yourself up against other people and how you perceive them. That's a mental habit. Now, you've probably been doing that for so long, you don't even realize it's a habit. You just think that's the way your brain is. That's how life is. That's how the world exists. It's not. You don't have to walk around judging everything every two seconds. You don't have to do it. And you don't have to compare yourself to others. That's a mental habit that you have created. But if you want to undo that habit, if you want to erase that habit and adopt a new one whereby you can just observe other people in a neutral way and be happy for them, and cheer them on no matter what. And you can observe yourself and be proud of yourself and not hold yourself in comparison against other people. If you want to create that new habit, it's going to take a little bit of work because your neural pathways are wired a certain way. Right now, it's just like you look at somebody and immediately your brain goes, oh, that person's doing better than me. Oh, I feel shit. And so on, right? And that just like, it's just triggered by just looking at someone. <laughs> that's all it took. But that's your neural pathways that are set up. Those synapses are just, those are just like an easy, clear path for that to happen. But when you decide, I'm no longer going to, I no longer want to do this. I want to try something else. I just want to look at someone and think, oh, there's that person. Hello, nice person, right? Good for them. If you're like read about somebody achieving something that you want to achieve. So somebody has just won an award that you really wish that you would win. Like you've been gunning for for years. When you see that, you can look at it and think, oh, they won that. Isn't that wonderful for them? Maybe I could win it one day. Instead of Oh my God, they won it. I can't believe they won it. They're terrible. They're not any good. Da, da, da. I'm not any good. I must be even worse than them if I can't win it. Right? You go down that kind of pathway. 
So how do we start to actually create a new operating system? How do we start to create new thought patterns that actually serve you? And this is the key to all because there are just these thought patterns that don't serve you. If you're comparing yourself a lot, it doesn't serve you. If you're doubting yourself a lot, does not serve you. If you're telling yourself you're no good, you're not talented enough, you're never going to come to anything. If you're telling yourself it's hard out there, it's really difficult to sell scripts, it's really difficult to make a living, that's what you're going to keep getting. So you need to be able to shift those. And as I say, these are all just mental habits. These are not you describing the truth of the world. These are just mental habits that you have. So how do you change them? The first step, obviously, is to become aware of them. And when you become aware of them, then you can start to create a gap between you and the thought. And it's that gap which gives you the power to change it. So it's observing your brain. It starts with observing your brain. And something that I find incredibly powerful for beginning to observe your thoughts is naming your thoughts. Obviously, meditation can be wonderful for this when you actually sit down and just observe your thoughts. People always think, oh, meditation, the aim is not to think. The aim is not not to think. <laughs> okay. I mean, it could be, but it's not necessarily. The aim is just to create distance between yourself and the thoughts, not to let yourself be run away with the thoughts. That way where you're sitting there like you're focusing on your breath and suddenly you're a million miles away thinking about something that happened five years ago. So the aim is not to stop thinking, but to create that gap. And it's that gap which is absolutely crucial for creating new habits. Because when you catch yourself thinking in a, just the, your normal pattern, so you read about somebody winning the award that you want to win, your immediate thought is, oh, I can't believe they won it, right? They're like, I know that person. They're no good at all, right? That's your initial reaction, just your, your knee-jerk reaction. Then you go, wait a second, judging judging. You name the thought you're having. And that just opens up the gap. That just creates a little space between you and the thought. You're no longer the thought. You are the thinker of the thought, right? Do you get that distinction? So name the thought. Get into the habit. And you can do this any time of the day. You don't just have to do this in meditation. I love doing it in meditation. Like I think that focus of sitting, focusing on your breath, say counting your breath, just in, out, in, out. And then when you find yourself thinking of things, name the thought and let it go. Say judging, judging, let it go. Memory, memory, let it go. Future planning, future planning, let it go. Whatever it is, blame it, let it go. And it's great doing it meditation. That is a very, very it's like precise way of training your brain in this way. But you can do it all day. You don't have to wait till you're sitting on a cushion. As you're going about your business, keep asking yourself, what am I thinking now? What kind of thought is this? Right? You are not your thoughts. Create the gap. And then when you recognize, you go, oh, I'm judging again. So about your friend who won this award, the award that really you want to win, you go, oh, this person's terrible. And then you go, wait, judging, judging. And then you say, what do I want to think about this situation? What thoughts would actually serve me? about this situation. Ask yourself that. Then you go, okay, how about I'm really happy for them. That's wonderful that they've won that award. That shows that I could do it too. If they can do it, I can do it. How absolutely wonderful. Okay. And this will serve you thinking like this. Instead of thinking all the negative thoughts that take you down that spiral, you know, you choose the thoughts. So the first step of changing the habit, in my opinion, is just recognizing it. 
The second step of that is naming the thought. And then the third step is asking yourself, what thought would serve me? Just asking yourself, what do I want to think about this situation? Because you get to choose your thoughts. Now, initially, of course, you, your brain will go into its habit, habit patterns all the time. Whatever it is that we're trying to deal with, say you have a, a habit of doubting yourself. You're always like, am I good enough? My work's not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. This is terrible. This is shit. What am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? So you have this habit of going into that place. Every day when you're writing, every day when you're doing your work, you just the brain will come up like that at certain points. So just name it, <laughs> recognize it, say, oh, here I go again, telling myself that I'm terrible, right? Have a little smile about it. Make friends with it. Don't be angry with yourself. Don't judge your judgments, right? <laughs> Forgive yourself for your judgments. Forgive yourself. And then move on. Then ask yourself, okay, instead of thinking this, what thoughts do I want to think? Right? Choose the thoughts. I want to think that I'm talented. I want to think that I am good enough. I want to think that I am enough. That's what I'm going to think. And say them. Say them out loud. I am good enough. I am talented. Now, as I said, initially, you will keep going back to your habit thoughts because you've got those neural pathways set up. They weren't set up overnight. They might go back all the way to your childhood, <laughs> for real. So it might take a little bit of effort. It's not going to be overnight. But the the important thing is you are not judging yourself. You're not bringing anger or resistance to yourself. You are just gently redirecting yourself and you're doing it again and again and again and again until this new way becomes your habit. Repetition is the key. <laughs> you have to repeat it. You have to do it over and over and over. People say in meditation, it's like training a puppy. You know, looking after your brain, it's like training a puppy. And the puppy just wants to wander around and play and you just keep gently bringing it back. Right? You're not getting angry with the puppy for wanting to play. The puppy's a puppy. Your brain's your brain. <laughs> it's been programmed how it's been programmed. It's okay. But today you get to choose a new program. You get to start choosing it right now. Now, obviously, people talk about the length of time it takes to change a habit. I've read, I've read that it takes 21 days. I've read that it takes 33. Recently, I read it takes 66. <laughs> I don't know how these people come up with these numbers. What I know to be true is it could take a minute or it could take a year, right? It's up to you. It's really up to you. There are no rules in how long it takes to change a habit, though it might be nice to think there is. I like the idea of it being 21 days. It sort of like feels like a hook to hang my coat on. But it's not necessarily true. When I did quit smoking, I really quit in a moment. When I finally quit, it was like in a moment because my brain, I just decided I was done. And that's another thing about this. When you sort of recognize something, you can negotiate with it. You can do that if you want. Like, for instance, when you quit smoking, you can do the negotiation thing. I, I tried it. The negotiation looks like this. I will not smoke until 4 p.m. And then I will smoke a maximum of five cigarettes the rest of the day. For a heavy-duty smoker like how I was in my early 20s, that was hard. <laughs> you know, I was used to smoking 20 cigarettes a day easily. So what happens when you negotiate, though, I think is you just become uh, like, 
like full of resistance, internal resistance. For me with that, I would just be thinking of cigarettes all day. And by 3.30 in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, screw it. It's nearly four o'clock. I'm having a cigarette. And so actually by, by creating a negotiation, I made it more powerful. I made the habit even more powerful because it was like, I really, really, really want to do this thing, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to bring in my willpower. And it actually creates more resistance and makes it harder to break the habit. I think a much better way is to consciously choose another path, to be delighted to choose another path. And for me, that is how I quit smoking completely. I read a book which changed my life called Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And his point was, it's easy. You just have to decide. And every time you feel like having a cigarette, you say, I could have a cigarette, but I'm not going to because I am happy to be a non-smoker. And I think it's the same thing with these thoughts. You don't want to create resistance. There's no anger against them. These habits that you have, whatever the habits are, say you have the habit of not showing up, right? You have that habit and now you want to show up. So when the, when the resistance comes in, you're about to like call somebody or you're about to send an email about your work or something, but then you get nervous and you don't, you think, oh, maybe I'll do it later. You go, wait a second. I am choosing with full delight and joy to be the person who shows up. Hit send right? It's not about denying something. It's not about opting out. It's about the opposite. It's about embracing the vision of who you want to be. It's about identifying what would serve you, what thoughts would serve you, what habits would serve you, what ways of being, and then saying, yes, I choose that instead. So if it's like you want to, you're like, I want to get more fit. Like I feel like that would support my work to be more physically fit. Then you just say to yourself, you know, when you feel that resistance, you're like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do like an hour workout right now. And you go, oh, can't be bothered really. Might just have a cup of tea instead and sit down. Then you go, wait a second. Yes, I see you resistance. I see you. I hear you. I feel you. But I am choosing to be the person who works out. I am choosing with joy to be that person. That is who I am. And when you do that, you can change any habit. You can change any habit, no matter how ingrained it is, no matter how you think it's like who you are. One of my most stunning experiences of how we can change ourselves came through the practice of yoga. All my life, I thought I was stiff. I thought I was not a flexible person. And this was a story that had come to me very early on in my life. I wasn't flexible as a child. And everybody said, you're stiff. You're not flexible. (laughs) <laughs> and I believe them, <laughs> you know. So by the age of like six or seven, when lots of the girls were doing the splits and doing cartwheels, you know, it's like, oh, I can't do that because I'm stiff. I already knew it. And it was like, that was who I was. That was my identity. I, I didn't think it was something I could change. It's just like, that's how I was born. I was born stiff. That's how it goes, right? So I thought that all through my teens, I was just like, I'm stiff. I'm not a flexible person. Then in my mid-20s, I started practicing yoga. Hardest thing I ever did. I mean, so hard because I like I couldn't touch my toes when I started. I literally could not touch my toes if I was standing up and it was so painful to try. So I'd be like breathing and sweating and like, why am I doing this? But I kept doing it. And do you know something? Six months after I started practicing and I practiced hard, like I got into it and I was doing it every day. I was just like, I am showing up. I'm doing this. Six months later, I could do the splits. I could do the splits. And I remember like getting into the splits and thinking, oh my goodness, right? Like all my life I've thought I was stiff and that I wasn't flexible and that I would never be able to do this. And all it took was six months of effort and I can do this. And if that is true for my physical body, it is true for anything. 
we are told these stories and these stories shape us. These stories become our habits until the day we wake up and say, that is not me. That is not who I am. I can be whoever I want. So I offer that to you today, friend. Whatever habits you have, when you look at your life honestly right now and you say, what is serving me? What is not? Know that whatever is not serving you, you can change. And it might take even less effort than you imagine. So go for it. Look around, see what it is. And as I said, the first step, name it. The second step, question it. What would serve you better? And choose that. And do it again and again and again with kindness, without judgment, with excitement, with joy. Because knowing that you can create the life that you want, you can create the body you want, you can create the mindset that you want, you can create the thoughts that you want, you can create the habits you want, you can do all of this. And when you do all of this, you create the life that you want. That's the most amazing and beautiful thing to know. It's in your control, it's in your power to do that. All right, you guys, I hope this has been a helpful episode for you. I love hearing from you. I heard so many uh, comments last week. I got so many emails and messages about the five dangerous habits. I hope this gives you some tools for how to move forward to actually change those habits. I would love, 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 love to hear from you about this week's episode. So drop me a line if it has been helpful for you or share it on your social media channels. I'm so grateful when you do that. And also, if you enjoy this, please please consider leaving it a review where you listen to your podcasts. That really helps this to reach other people. I am so grateful to you for listening to this. I love you so much. I hope you have an amazing week and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.